All right, let's look at our scripture, which is John 8, 12 through 30. It can be found in the back of the bulletin or on the screen. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and I know where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you know me, knew me, you would know my father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. The word of the Lord. Have you ever been afraid of the dark? Remember maybe when you were a kid and it got dark at night and panic began to arose, arise in your heart uh, as uh, you were afraid of the dark and Maybe you grew out of that. Maybe you still have uh, some fear of the dark. I uh, wasn't really afraid of the dark uh, until I accidentally locked myself in a car trunk in college. I was trying to impress a girl. How one would impress a girl by locking themselves in a car trunk, I don't know. I simply knew that it was pitch dark and I was trapped and I couldn't escape. And it felt like the darkness was closing in. Uh, I was so thankful when I was let out, uh, gratefully, and said that I'd never go back again. In this passage, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is saying that with him, we can always live in the light, that we never have to walk in darkness again. What did he mean? What does it mean for us today that Jesus says that I am the light of the world? I think it means this, that to follow Jesus means to have the light of life, but not to follow Jesus 
means to live in darkness. So we're going to examine this claim of Jesus. That's uh, my first point, the claim of Jesus, what he says about himself. And then we're going to look at point number two, the response of the Pharisees. How do they respond to Jesus' claim? And then finally, we're going to examine the choice that we all must face when we look at the claim of Jesus. So let's begin with this claim of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, why do we need light? We need light to be able to see, right? Without it, we can't see what's around us. And so Jesus, by coming and saying, I am the light of the world, is saying that the world is in darkness. Now, of course, the world is not in physical darkness. We have the sun. It's shining out. We can see around us. But Jesus is speaking of a deeper darkness. He's speaking of a spiritual and a relational darkness. See, in this darkness of the world, there are three things we cannot see. Number one, we cannot see God. We were made in the image of God, the Bible says. And we were made in his image so we could relate to him, so we could walk with him, so we could have an intimate and personal relationship with him. Think of the closest friendship that you have with someone that pales in comparison to what we were designed to be with God. But of course, as the scriptures tell us, we rebelled against God. We sinned against God. Our, our first parents ate that uh, fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we know that the first thing that they did was they hid from God in the garden. They sowed fig leaves and they hid as, as God walked in the uh, cool of the day in the garden. God knew that they had sinned and he uttered a curse upon them and he banished them from the garden for God cannot look upon sin. It says in Genesis 3.24 that he drove out the man from the garden and he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. All of history has been man's attempt to reach God, but we cannot find him. We pray to God, hoping that he will answer. I saw a recent article in CNN that says that nine out of ten people have prayed to God in their lifetime. Isn't that interesting? It's instinctual in us. We were designed to be in relationship with him. We create religious systems so we can create these stairways to heaven, but they always end up hitting a brick wall because sin stands between us and God. And so we are in darkness, not being in relationship with God. We cannot see God, but we also cannot see each other. As we were made to know God, we were made to know each other intimately. Jesus' prayer was that we would be one as he is one. That's what we were designed to be with one another. But when Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing they did was make clothing so they would not be ashamed in front of each other. And then they blamed each other for their sin. Remember Cain and Abel, the offspring of Adam and Eve? Cain was jealous of Abel, so Cain slew Abel in the field. And on and on it has gone. A history of humanity, of suspicion, 
and anger, jealousy and rage, tribes and nations not seeing each other, warring against each other. All we have to do is look to the Ukraine to see this being played out on our national stage. But we also experience it in our own hearts, don't we? We have a tendency to discount, to dismiss, to view others as suspicious who don't act or look like us. There are barriers between people. There's darkness. And the world says education or social progress or technology will bridge the gap, but it cannot. We cannot see each other. And finally, we cannot see ourselves. We don't understand ourselves. Why do I do what I do? Why do I feel what I feel? We don't know who we are. So we betray the things and the people that are most important to us. We long for peace and harmony within ourselves, but we can't find it. And so we become discouraged and desperate and depressed. And in the midst of all of this darkness, Jesus comes and he says, I am the light of the world. Notice he did not say, I bring the light of the world. He said, I am the light of the world. God has come to bring light in these areas of darkness. In the area of our darkness with God, he has come to reconcile us to God and destroy the barrier of sin between us and God. John 1.18 put it this way, that no one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made him known. It's Jesus that has come to show us the Father, and he's shown us a way back to the Father. 1 Peter 3.18 said, for, God, uh, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. It's in Christ that we can be right with God and the intimacy that we were meant to have with him can be restored again. Jesus also came to bring light into our relationship with one another. Ephesians 2.1.14 says, For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two people one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility between people. In Jesus Christ, we have the ability to see each other, not with hate and distrust, but with love. We no longer have to hide from one another, but we can accept the flaws and foibles of those around us. That's what the church is, right? All of us, a bunch of different people, different classes, different Nations, different tongues, different tribes coming together, not as strangers, but as brothers and sisters. Because Jesus is the one who is the light of the world. In Jesus, we can see God. We can see others. And finally, we can see ourselves. See, the reason that we cannot see ourselves is because we cannot forgive ourselves. We can't bear to look at our brokenness, our hypocrisy, and our failure, and so we hide from ourselves. But Jesus, the light of the world, comes into our hearts and forgives us and allows us to forgive ourselves. So 
so we can be at peace with who we are, the good and the bad. Jesus came to bring light in all the dark places of our life. So how do we appropriate this light of Jesus Christ? He gives the answer. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Notice, whoever follows me, black or white, Hispanic, rich, poor, educated, illiterate, it doesn't matter, whoever follows me. What does it mean to follow me? I don't love the term believer in Jesus Christ. I, I much prefer follower of Jesus Christ. Because belief is something that happens in the mind. But following is something you do with all of your life. Being a Christ follower means believing in Christ so much that we alter our life to make him the center of it. Jesus demonstrated this in Matthew 4.18 when walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Peter and Andrew, and they were casting their nets into the sea for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. They left their livelihood right there on the beach and responded to the command of Jesus Christ. They made Jesus the Lord of their life. As Jesus demanded of them, he demands the same of us. In Luke 9.23, he says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus is saying, die to yourself and to your interests and to your kingdom and follow me and my interests and my kingdom. And it's there that you will find life. See, this statement that Jesus is making is an if-then statement. If you follow me, you will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. Do you know what the greatest darkness in the world is? It's death. Death is the greatest darkness. You can't see, you can't hear, you can't talk, you can't love. Death creates separation. Like me in that trunk, cut off from the world. And the Bible says, without Jesus, you are spiritually dead. You may look alive on the outside, but in your heart, you are dead. But Jesus has come into the world to wake the dead. He did it when he stood outside of the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come out. He did it for the widow's son when he raised him up. And he did it after being in the tomb for three days, rising from the grave, taking authority over death. Jesus says, if anyone follows me, he will have the light of life. For he has come to take away the darkness in our heart. Follow me, Jesus says. Do we trust Jesus to bring us into the light? April 17th is coming up. For many of you who know, April 17th is Easter Day. It's when we uh, celebrate Jesus and his resurrection. Christianity is unique among all other religions. 
Many religions celebrate the birthday of the founder of that religion. But we celebrate two birthdays. We celebrate his birth on Christmas, and we celebrate, celebrate his rebirth, his resurrection on Easter Sunday. For Christ was dead and is alive again. Remember that Easter morning when the women went to the tomb and they expected it to be sealed. For Jesus had been in darkness and death for three days. And all hope they had was lost. But what is it they found when they got to the tomb? The stone was rolled away. The light was streaming in. Jesus was not inside, but he was outside. And he appeared to them. Jesus is alive because he is light and he is life. And they rejoiced for he brought light into their hearts. So I ask you the question, are you walking in darkness or have you come into the light? Do you know God or is he a stranger? Do you have love in your heart for others? Can you see them? Or is your vision darkness? Have you forgiven and made peace with yourself? Jesus came into the world to bring light into your hearts. So follow him. Believe he is who he says he is. Trust him with your life, with your possessions, your relationships, your hopes, and your dreams. Obey his words and follow close after him. For whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Well, this is the claim of Jesus. Let's now look at the response of the Pharisees. The Pharisees said to him, verse 13, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. They're referring to the Mosaic law, where in capital cases or in criminal proceedings, you needed the testimony of two witnesses. Well, this is obviously not a capital case or a criminal proceeding, and yet they're putting this unfair standard on Jesus. They're making an excuse because they don't believe him. They refuse to acknowledge that Jesus is the light. Why? Jesus answers in verse 15, you judge according to the flesh. In other words, you have a worldly point of view. See, they're looking at Jesus' credentials. They're looking at the fact that he's not a Pharisee, that he was not trained by a rabbi, that he's not paying lip service to their religious system, and they discount him. You know, the world judges Jesus according to the flesh. Jesus did not come as a typical king. He did not bring an army. He was not born in a palace but rather in a stable to poor parents. And he was crucified on a cross. The world wants a powerful leader, a charismatic leader, a credentialed leader. I don't know if you know the name Joseph Jugashvili. Probably not. But you do know his, the name Joseph Stalin. That was Joseph's original name, Joseph Dugashvili. But he changed his name to Stalin because Stalin in Russian means steel. 
or man of steel. See, Joseph knew the way the world worked, and he wanted to be perceived as a man of influence and power. But Jesus' title is Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. But Jesus was the Son of God. So Jesus utters a threefold defense of the criticism of the Pharisees. In verse 14, he says, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. In other words, I know exactly who I am. But you don't know yourself. I know where I came from. In other words, I've come from heaven. I am the divine son of God who has always existed. Before he was named Jesus, he had a name, and it was son of God or logos. He says, I know where I'm going. When I am done here, I will go back to the right hand of the father to sit in all authority and power. In other words, I don't need anyone to validate me because I am that I am. He also said, you are from below. Verse 23, I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. In other words, you can't judge me. You're a creature of the dust. You're fallible. You can't see right. You're walking and stumbling around in the darkness. It was Albert Einstein that said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. In other words, you're a victim, a creature of the system. Jesus is saying, I'm not of this world. I am divine. I'm not fallen. And my testimony is true. Finally, he says in verse 17, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears witness about me. In other words, I will give you your two witnesses, myself and God the father who sent me. There is no higher testimony available. There's no more reputable testimony that you can have than that of the son and the father himself. But they said, where is your father? Jesus said, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father as well. See, they're living in darkness. They don't know the father. Jesus has come to reveal the father, and they don't recognize Jesus because they don't recognize the father. But then Jesus says something very interesting after this threefold defense. He says that there is a way that you will be able to know who I am. Verse 28, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the son of man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the father has taught me. In other words, when I am lifted up, and Jesus is speaking of his crucifixion, when you crucify me, you will know that I am who I am. He will be recognizable when he is on the cross. But how can that be? Jesus will be whipped and scourged and beaten to a bloody pulp. He will hardly be recognizable. How will they be able to recognize him? See, other leaders in the world are recognized by their power 
and their might and their force. But Jesus is recognizable by his sacrificial love. That act of love that Jesus will do on the cross of sacrifice for others is so against what the world is about that it can only be an act of God himself. I mean, think of what Jesus did on the cross. As he was on the cross being put to death, his prayer, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who has that kind of forgiveness and love? Only the Son of God. Romans 5, 7 says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I think of the centurion that stood watch at the cross, probably the one that nailed the nails uh, into Jesus' hands. And in Mark 15, 39, it says, And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, Surely this man was the Son of God. So what do you see when you look at Jesus? Some religious figure with a list of rules that I have to obey or else? Maybe like the Pharisees, you see a fraud a pretender who is trying to deceive people and lead them astray? If you really want to see Jesus, look to the cross. Because it's on the cross that we see the God-man who is willing to stand in our place, to be punished for our sin, to suffer so that you and I would not have to. It's on the cross that we see true love. So if you have lost sight of Jesus today, look to the cross. If you think he doesn't care about you, look to the cross. If you feel forgotten and forsaken, look to the cross. Because that's where you will see him. It's in his love that he has shown to us. This brings us to my final point, the choice that we all face. Verse 21, so he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. For Where I am going, you cannot come. Jesus says, I'm going away. I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again and go to heaven. And you will seek me doesn't mean they'll be looking for Jesus, these Pharisees. Rather, they'll keep seeking for a Messiah because they've already concluded Jesus is not him. They'll keep looking all around and never finding him because the Messiah is Jesus. And he gives them, uh, and he says that you will die in your sin. Notice sin is singular there. What's he talking about? He's talking about one sin. He's talking about the sin of unbelief, the sin of rejection, the sin of refusing to believe in Jesus Christ. But he continues on in verse 24. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now he uses the plural. 
He's referring to all of the wrongs that we've ever done. All of our offenses against God and against uh, God's law. He's saying that there will be a judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as every man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment. And so Jesus gives these Pharisees, and he gives us two choices. Unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. You see the first choice? If you do believe in Jesus, if you do follow him, if you do trust his death on the cross, his sacrifice for your sins, all of your sins are washed away, nailed to the cross. And when you stand at the judgment, God will look at you and find no fault, but indeed say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's if you believe in Jesus. But if you don't believe, there is no one to stand for you. You must stand for yourself with all of your sins on your shoulders. And the result is death and judgment. Jesus does not sugarcoat it with these Pharisees. It's too important. And I can't sugarcoat it either. Because the light has come into the world to lead us out of darkness. And if we follow him, he will lead us out of sin and judgment and into the light of life. But if we reject him, no sacrifice for sin is left. Hebrews 2.3 says, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? Jesus has created a way to salvation. Will we take it? I doubt you know the name Kevin Berthia. It was March 11, 2005, and Kevin was about to take his life. Kevin suffered from depression, and because of his daughter's medical complications, he had uh, a racked up debt of $250,000. And so that day, Kevin climbed over the railing of the Golden Gate Bridge and was preparing to take a fatal jump into the San Francisco Bay when he heard a voice calling out to him from above. That voice belonged to California Highway Patrolman Kevin Briggs. Briggs said, wait a minute. Berthia said, I was convinced I was going to end my life, but at the last moment, Briggs' voice made me stop and grab the railings. He snapped me back to reality. I was on that ledge for 92 minutes, and for most of those, I just talked. I got everything out, and he listened without judging. And Officer Briggs showed me the important things in my life, focusing on my daughter, and hope gradually came back. I put my arms up, and he and another officer helped me up and back over the railing. It was eight years later in 2013 when Kevin uh, was asked to present an award to Officer Briggs at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's dinner in New York. I looked him in the eye and thanked him for saving my life. Jesus has come all the way to rescue us. The gospel is a story of rescue and redemption. Someone that cared enough 
to come into the mess of our lives and lead us out into the light. Kevin Bertha needed to respond to Officer Briggs, and he did. He stepped off the ledge and into his arms. We, too, need to respond to the grace of Jesus Christ, for we are on the ledge of sin and death. Jesus has come, saying, I am the light of the world. If anyone follows me, he will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So today, take his hand. Trust in him and his cross. Let him lead you through life because he cares and he loves you. To follow Jesus means to have the light of life. But to not follow Jesus means to live in darkness. The choice is yours alone. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are recognizable on your cross. For it's in your cross that we see your unconditional love. It's in your cross that we see the bridge through which we can go from darkness to light. You have come to bring us into the light of a reconciled relationship with our Father, to be able to see one another, to even see ourselves. And so, Jesus, I pray for each one of us that we would step off that ledge, that we would trust and follow you. Lead us into the light of your salvation, that we might have joy in your Holy Spirit. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.